On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about the cloud, how the cloud impacts AV, control, programming, and everything associated with making things work over the internet. All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A state of control. A state of control, episode 59 programming and the cloud. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Sure. Sound extraordinary. Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So on today's show, we're going to be talking about a topic that always draws a lot of attention. It's something that is a little tough to define, but it is commonly known as the cloud and how the cloud is affecting AV. And I'll have to give you, as the AV Nation tradition, the definition that we're going to use for the cloud is it refers to software and services that run on the internet. So with me to discuss the cloud and other things related to AV and control are some guests that you are very familiar with. Uh, first, let me start with my partner at Estate of Control. He goes by Uncle Richie. He's also known as Rich Fergoza. How are you, Rich? I'm good. Mellow West Coast. Greetings. I'm in a, uh, what is it, an embedded and fortified uh, undisclosed location right now. So, And I should start off by saying I was had the opportunity to see Rich as well as our other guests uh, recently at Infocom, and that was a great treat. It was great to be in, a, what do we call it, meat space? Yeah. <laughs> Next, I'd like to uh, introduce uh, Dave Hatz from AVI Systems. Welcome, Dave. Hey, thanks for having me, Steve. Thanks for being here. And last but not least, Nick Miller. He is a control and AV professional from the Pacific Northwest. Welcome, Nick. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So the cloud is something that we can't avoid these days. Uh, however, the adoption of the cloud is, I think, a, getting a slow transition in the AV industry. Um, although we've seen a significant growth of phone and conferencing systems using the cloud, uh, the clients, I think, are, are, are uh, providing a little bit of resistance when it comes to cloud-based control or, or other, uh, or they, they, they're coming up there's definitely concerns about cloud integration. So Rich, why don't you kick us off with this? When we're talking to clients about the cloud, is it something that we want to promote or is it something that we want to talk about in more of a cautious mindset? Well, I think that, you know, with the cloud, I, I think you have no choice but to talk about it. I think it's, it's um, you know, we'd all love to be ostriches about the situation and say, oh, the cloud, nothing here, nothing to see. You know, let's not worry about it. But the reality is, is that, um, you know, the end users, these companies are finding, are looking for ways to minimize hardware investment. And obviously a software investment or a, cloud, you know, in this instance, a cloud-based app or, or even resident software, um, you know, I mean, the, the people who are sharpening their pencils and counting the beans, they're going to be the first ones looking at that saying, hey, wait a minute, we don't need 
all of this equipment, there's something that we can use based on a commoditized product, whether it's um, you know, a standalone Mac mini or whether it's uh, an app or a panel or, uh, you know, gosh, I mean, we're seeing little things running on um, little uh, Raspberry Pis, you know, as tests that are being used to, um, you know, they're, the goal is always for these companies is to stay nimble. And, and, and I know a fellow by the name of Mark Andreessen has a famous quote, which is software's eaten the world. And we're really starting to see this happen um, more and more, rather than this being a novel concept, it's becoming an accepted concept. And so I think for anybody in the control system industry, um, you need to know, you know, what are your pros and cons and, and, and providing an education. You know, I would, I would say that spending times with technology managers and making sure that they're aware of what the options are is becoming very quickly one of our roles. Um, you know, again, we're, we're, we're the, the navigator, you know, we're that wayfinder and saying, this is great. Here is what you're hearing based upon what you just read on this cut sheet. Now we're going to walk you through how your organization fits or doesn't fit this situation. Um, and then you start on that process forward. And being fully aware that sooner or later that company will likely get there. And that's the fact is that we, we have to consider, consider the inevitability. So how do we serve our clients now knowing that the technology sooner or later is going to catch up to push us all into that route? So Dave, uh, I'll bring it over to you as, as a, a programmer, as a manager, and also as an integrator. Uh, obviously, these are probably conversations that you're already having. Um, so when we're, we're, when we're talking about the, the cloud and when we're talking about the, the rise and the, and the impact of software, uh, how, how do we kind of lay out that type of a roadmap because it, it really is a little bit unclear and, and also there's there's a lot of variables to consider. No, there certainly are. And and I think Rich hit a hit a great you know, the last statement he made there was that most organizations are going to get there. We as an integrator, we work with some government agencies and you'd think that's the last place where they'd think touch the cloud. And historically that's been the case, but even they are starting to look at the Microsoft cloud, for example. And so one of the first places I start with, with our clients is let's, let's assess just for my own knowledge, what is your openness to cloud services? And I, and I take this as a bigger discussion. So where are you hosting your email today? Are you still hosting it on, a, on an on-premise server or are you using O365 or a cloud-based service? And it's in the last year, more and more of the companies, even those ones that still say they are on-premise with email, are starting to look at the cloud. They're starting to test. They're starting to build their transition plan. And to me, that's the, the sort of the light bulb moment, that if we've got any willingness of an IT organization for our clients to the cloud in, in, an, in an application like email or communication, so the Skype, the Teams, the Jabber, the Zoom, whatever cloud you know, communication services, Seeing that willingness there lets us now say, okay, I see as an organization, you have had limited you know, um, acceptance of cloud infrastructure. Let's look at, as an audio video provider, what areas that we could benefit the workflow of your organization. Because that's what it comes down to is, you know, it, it's, it's helping solve pain points they have. We're, we're not doing this just because 
We think it's a good idea. They think it's a good idea. Typically we're, we're chasing business opportunities and we're trying to reduce pain on our customers. And so with that, then we can dive into the, you know, sort of Rich's point of what's it take for your organization. We can start to look at the security plan around it. What data is being trans transferred back and forth? What direction is it? How many, how many devices are talking to the cloud? Are they all, or is data being aggregated and funneled to the cloud? Um, you know, who has access to the data? Is the data encrypted at rest in storage? All of those, those conversations that we as control professionals have been having on customers network centered around physical boxes for many years. We're just taking that to the next level and we have to be more prudent about it and really coming to the table, volunteering that these are important things to discuss because we're now also responsible for data that's leaving the customer's network. And that's, that's another step and another place where, you know, we need to make sure we're educated, that we're, we're also confident in our discussions and our ability to discuss these with our clients and realize that every client has a different area that they're going to be laser focused on. And the sooner we can understand what that area is, we can make sure that we're confidently talking to that and that our plans and the, our integrations are addressing those concerns. So Nick, uh, bring you into the conversation where, you know, we, we, we talked about a, a lot of different factors here. We also talked to, about a lot of, a lot of benefits. What would you say are one of the, the greater benefits uh, to, to introducing the cloud into the world of AV and, and also into the, the, the programming side of things? Um, you know, obviously, cost savings can, can be one of them. Um, you know, additional features are another. But is there, what, what would be a good sales pitch? Well, it's a huge opportunity for our industry and especially control, um, control as, a, as a focus. Um, the bottom line is cloud, cloud integrations appeal to the entire C-suite. You've got CTOs that are tired of managing patch and update cycles. You've got CFOs that are tired of seeing hardware come in and then two years get forklifted out of their building. Um, and you've got CFOs that are trying to move from a CapEx model to an OpEx model. So you've got a lot of people on your side when you have these conversations. Um, it really allows, uh, by moving more towards the cloud, like Dave said, we've been having these conversations for years in regards to devices and data on, on customers' networks. Now it's just a matter of, okay, creating a comfort level that now we're moving it outside the firewall um, and, and, make, and ensuring and creating confidence that, um, that, that it, the integrity of the information is just as safe um, going up to someone else's uh, services as opposed to inside the firewall. Um, the benefits from a control perspective are really, like you mentioned, Steve, the scalability. It really provides a, the next level of being able to do it once and copy it multiple times. Um, and there's, there's a whole realm of possibilities there. So, um, Dave, I'll jump back to you. Uh, when it comes to to talking to manufacturers now, because the you know, some of them obviously this is this could be impactful to their business, but it also could be something that they get on board with. Um, what what where do you think their head is at in terms of of changing their strategy to embracing the cloud? Yeah, well, so I think, you know, as we look at it, we live in an industry where, you know, Rich pointed out, and it's, we all know it, that 
our clients are asking for less and less boxes, physical things. And the majority of our manufacturers, that's where their revenue comes from, making and selling boxes. So you have to, if you put your head in, in their place, they're looking for how do they continue to keep their company relevant? How do they continue to innovate and be a part of our industry? And so a lot of that's the same thing as we as integrators look at is focused on software and services. And so when you look at the business model around a lot of our manufacturers, it's not just connect devices or connect services to the cloud. It's aggregating data in that cloud so that uh, the next step can, can be, uh, be undertaken. So that monitoring, for instance, monitoring is the first step you see from most of our manufacturers. Not, okay, so now I have all of my devices connected to a cloud. I can monitor them. I can see their health. I can then provisioning and patching and uh, software release management come into the, the, into the fold. So now from that cloud, I can control. I can, um, I can mass deploy updates across all of the units that are under, under the purview. You can assume the next piece beyond that becomes, okay, let's take that data and let's figure out what other little nuggets can we glean from it. Analytics machine learning being applied to that to get even smarter about the analytics. And, you know, that's really, I think, where the, the key manufacturers that I talk to in our industry are really all, you know, their R&D is being focused right there. It's the, the monitoring is just a means to get data. That's all it is. Monitoring's not sexy. Monitoring for the sake of monitoring does no good. It's how do we put that to action that then helps the end user. And so, that action could be break fix. So when something breaks, we want to let you know about it. But it could also be that analytics that I think, like I say, a lot of investments being put there now of how do we tell our clients where they're making wise investments in technology and where they maybe should shift their focus. You know, I think that's that's an area where you know you know from you know from from a manufacturer and even from an integrator perspective, there's a lot of opportunity, and you know we we saw it in Infocom this year. There's new manufacturers with, or, or key manufacturers with new cloud platforms. And there's ones who have had cloud platforms which are continuing to expand it. And that's the direction that they're all going. So, Rich, as Dave mentioned, and I think it's a good point, you know, that now we're starting to, to make our system, we're, we're, we're looking at ways to make our systems more intelligent and provide added value and so forth. And, and, and truthfully, the cloud puts us into the IoT space. So how does that change what we do? Well, you know, it's, it, it's interesting in that, I mean, Dave came with, up with some great points and Amazingly enough, there are products that are coming out in our space that look at the important part of, of um, how to deal with enterprise-wide or even you know, school-wide or government-wide applications. Um, what, what occurred to me even just in this conversation is that companies don't want two different help desks, right? You know, um, I, I, not more than, what, 10 minutes before I got on this, uh, on this call um, in this bunkered location, we have a client who's, who's starting to look at a cloud application as opposed to um, a physical um, conferencing unit that they have. And what occurred to me as we were setting this up is that the onus now was pushed onto their internal team to make sure that the security requirements were there, 
the deployment items were in there. Provisioning, all of these things that before would be in the, you know, our clients, right, integrators. So either we're gonna be dealing with the end client, with the end user, or we're gonna be working for integrators, or we are an integrator and, you know, we're doing both. But say, you know, you're a standalone, a third-party programmer, right? Now it becomes a matter of, okay, well, the people that you normally deal with to set up these systems are no, aren't necessarily the people that you've been dealing with. Now, now you have a completely different relationship that you have to manage and that you have to facilitate. Because again, you still have to make sure the camera works. You still have to make sure the microphones work. You still have to make sure that the displays turn on and off at the proper time. So we're now moving away from, and, and, I, and Dave basically said it without saying is, we're moving away from the doing stuff business to the making sure stuff doesn't break business. And if it breaks, how do we deal with it? Do we go into immediate triage, right? You know, break fix. Do we monitor, analyze, and then advise at that point? Here's where you are. You've now gone from, let's say it's, they've got three campuses, right? Very quickly, you're talking about hundreds of devices that could very quickly get out of a software rev um, match. Well, who handles it? Do you put even more pressure on the IT team? Do you put even more pressure on the help desk who may be overloaded? Or do you say, we are that solution provider. We will partner with, provide tools. And, and the way that I look at it is, if you can save X amount of hours not having to configure codex, and you can then allocate those resources to something where you're creating a value add, that's where, you know, you ask, where should we be going? That's where we should be going. You know, we, and, and we've talked about it for years when we were moving from a hardware model, when we moved to the iPad, you know, from dedicated touch panels to the iPad, you know, for years and years, we had the, the iPad will never, ever catch hold, you know, in a commercial environment. It'll never happen by cracking. And we walked uphill both ways, uh, you know, two miles to the conference room. Um, that, that, that tsunami of software development is always going to be rushing at you. And so it is up to companies who are going to survive in the long term. And we've talked about it before. You, you're not going to make it as a configurator. You're not going to make it as a point and click guy. You have to refine your skills either as um, a facilitator, as a digital concierge, you know, for corporate or residential or, or enterprise needs, or you focus on your software development skills and you provide tools and product. And that product can be rolled out a variety of ways. Um, and then that becomes a matter of, that's where you become the value add for, for your clients down the line. Well, and I think that, that, that product mentality is the way, you know, as, pro, as a programmer, that's the way you need to think about it is I'm no longer building the code for a system the code for another system, the code for these systems at a facility or a campus or whatever, I'm building a product. And I've had this discussion with a number of programmers before, you know, and, and the discussion often goes along the lines of, they're not going to need us with this new model. And I actually look at it the opposite. Mm -hmm. I actually get more excited about developing under a larger, larger you know, cloud-based deployment model for, you know, if I'm thinking about building code that's going to be deployed to customer sites that are then cloud connected and managed. 
I actually get more excited because in my mind, that just elevated a mundane little room, the little huddle room, the little conference room that we've all programmed a hundred times over. Well, instead of that, my mindset now needs to be on the most complex system that I've ever built because of the scale, the scale it is on. And as an, you know, as a software architect, it gets me excited because now, yes, at the, at the edge, it's a simple system, but there's all this other that I need to be, you know, if I'm on top of my game, I need to be keeping in consideration and making sure that I'm checking off every little detail along the way so that it's successful and easy to deploy and repeatable and the performance is there and that every little tweak we've, we make is fixed or it or doesn't break something at one of those now thousands maybe of locations. It, 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 like I say, as a, as a programmer, it gets me excited, not scared because they don't need me anymore. But that's sort of the mind shift that we need to make sure we, we, we look at is how do I take my skills and apply them in a new way? So Nick, um, it sounds to me like we're, we're looking at more of a service provider mentality a little bit as, as you know, this discussion goes on. But one thing I wanted to key in on that Rich said, and I think is important, is that some of the things that we do with the cloud are, are hosted services or, 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 or products that are not necessarily something that we can touch or, or, or manage. Now, what we do is impacted by what they do. So, what, what, what's a good strategy or, or how, how do we kind of stay sane or, or get sleep at night knowing that we could wake up in the morning and something isn't, is, is, is really not working and we don't know why. Yeah. It's always a, a, a scary proposition when you think about someone else having control over patch fix uh, and pushing software automatically to an environment that you are responsible for. Um, really, I think what it comes down to is just, Knowing the knowing the partners, knowing the stakeholders that are involved, whoever knowing the the end user all the way up to the service provider, and having those discussions and understand having an understanding and, and preferably documentation saying, this is our release schedule, or here's here are the switches that you have control over in order to push it push an update out to a site. Or here's what every Tuesday we're going to push out release notes for a, for a release candidate. Those types of models are things that have been in the tradition, I'll call it traditional software development uh, industry for years and years and years. It's just a relatively new concept for us in the AV industry. And it's really just getting ahead of it, uh, getting the stakeholders together um, at the right time and having those discussions. Uh, it, it's definitely something that's uh, frightening, but it, it is manageable. Um, Dave, I'll, I'll kind of come back to you where, where you were talking about building some of these enterprise level deployments and, and, you know, and I think Nick has some experience with that as well. Um, the, I think that that's something that, that is very powerful and very valuable, but tough, to to sell, I, I think because it because it really doesn't it, it unless you've done it before you don't really understand what goes into it and also what it can do for you. So so how do you have those types of conversations? Well, no, it it, it is tough because you know as, as, so you know I work for an integrator, uh, 
In order for us to really be successful in a model like this, we have to make the, the, the conscious decision that we are going to be a service provider. Then we need to define what services are we looking to provide. Don't, you can't jump to the details of I'm gonna, what code do I need to build? What you know, connections do I need to make? But you need to determine what services do I want to provide? How do I break those up and define those? And building those service definitions then goes the next step into, okay, what tools am I going to integrate to deliver this service? Because again, the tools that we've talked about, whether it's a manufacturer tool, whether it's a, a subscription tool for a communication platform, any of the cloud options that we would be talking about, we need to determine, okay, how are they going to meet our end goals? What are our outcomes and how are they going to meet that? From there, then it becomes a matter of, from a commercial side, how do we package that? How do we build staff? How do we train our staff around it? Um, you know, for, you know, for an organization like ABI Systems, we actually went out and we said, okay, to become a, the service provider that we want to become, we went out and brought executive leadership who had done this before into our organization. And not everyone needs to go and buy, you know, necessarily bring an executive level in, but there are individuals out there who have done portions of this or, you know, companies who consult that have done this before. And I think, you know, finding someone who has that experience that you can lean on, again, whether you bring them onto your team, whether you consult or whether you're just, you know, reach out to industry professionals that you have a relationship with, pick everyone's brain, get their advice, learn from the mistakes they made, learn from their success. You know, it's important to realize that it's not just a me too type of an offer. You can't just look and say, oh, well, because they do it, I'm going to do it exactly the same because there's so many facets to supporting a cloud strategy that just because someone else who you traditionally have competed with or, you know, is a vendor that's, you know, you've seen as an alternative to the one that you're leveraging, just because you see that they do something doesn't mean that you know all of the why behind it. And so, you know, I think really approaching it with a, a real strategy is, is the biggest piece of advice I can give anyone. Nick, I'll, I'll kind of let you weigh in on this as well. Is this, do, is this something that we need to gain more knowledge? Is it something that we, that uh, as Dave said, we need to refer to other people who have done it before? Um, or is it something that, that we can kind of blaze our own path in terms of, being that designer, being that architect, and, and, and you know, gaining the trust of the clients that we work with? It, it's kind of all of the above. Um, really, control system programmers have really been programmers in name only. For a long time, we've been the final system commissioners. In a lot of cases, we've been the system designers, and that has driven a lot of uh, the code development for these platforms. So really, the people that are out there doing this have the skill sets and have really been learning along the way as new technologies come out anyway. This is just kind of the next generation, the next iteration of that skill set is learning the technologies, learning the nomenclature, and really and and as dave said kind of blaze a path that is that can give you a unique business selling point because at the end of the day we all do this to make money for a living so if you're if you're just generating if you're just creating a me too product as dave said 
then more than likely you're going to get left behind because someone's already been there. Someone's already done that. It's really finding either a niche or even a, um, a widely accessible product, but something that you can offer that someone else doesn't. So Rich, I'm going to think that we'll put a bow on it uh, with your last comment. Um, well, what advice do you give to others that are doing what we do um, well, you know, when they're considering the cloud? Uh, you know, obviously, there, there are, you know, and we opened with this, there, there are pros and cons and, and you know, you have to kind of pick a side, but, but in terms of, of preparation and, and also being able to, to uh, persevere in, you know, in, in this new world of, of working with, the, with uh, cloud services or cloud solutions. Start using this stuff. If you don't have accounts for all of the current major software services um, that your clients are going to use, you're already a step behind um, because I can guarantee there are companies who are and are, you know, dog fooding it as, as much as they can. Um, you know, it, it really becomes a, as much as sometimes it can be fatiguing, um, you have to be constantly learning. You have to, as a company, have that constant thirst for knowledge and then being able to impart that knowledge to your clients. That, again, it, 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 I'd say the same thing on the residential side. Your greatest asset as a company is when you become an advisor. And the only way you become an advisor is by being able to um, provide qualified answers. And the only way you get qualified answers is you got to put in the work. You know, it's, uh, it's not pretty, uh, but, uh, you know, mastery never is. And, and master your craft. And, uh, you know, there, there's always tomorrow to learn one more thing, to find one more way. And uh, like I said, it's, you know, <laughs> brothers got to eat. But, you know, the fact is, is that you can eat today, but you got to make sure that you're doing the things that you need to eat tomorrow, too. So, uh, and, and I'm, I know I'm going to quote this wrong, but you, you know, that what was it the hair club for men or something that said that I'm not only the, <laughs> the owner, but I'm also a customer. I'm a client as well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Hey, not, not that I know anything about that. Right? <laughs> so, Maybe next show, I'll just have a nice, you know, big quaff going on. <laughs> that's right. Well, that, that's a good place for us to stop today. Always on a, a positive note, but this has been a very uh, good topic that I'm sure will provide a lot of value to the audience. So I'd like to thank our guests for joining us today. First, I'll start with Dave Hatch from AVI Systems. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about AVI? Well, uh, certainly visit us, avisystems.com, you know, to learn about all the areas where we support our clients. Um, another area just I actually I would throw out sort of the shameless plug is Magenium Solutions. Magenium, M-A-G-E-N-I-U-M.com um, is, is actually a cloud service um, architecture firm that is powered by ABI systems. So we help clients with any of their cloud strategies. So when, you know, when they decide we want to move to the cloud, we don't know how to do it. Well, we're available as consultants. Um, if after all that you want to reach me, dave.hats at avisystems.com. Um, but uh, certainly appreciate the, the, the discussion here, and uh, thanks for having me, Steve. Absolutely. Uh, Nick Miller, uh, how can people find out more about you and get in touch? On all the major social platforms, you can find me as Nick Mill. Uh, here as in there, all opinions <laughs> expressed are, are my own. <laughs> of course. So and throw that disclaimer in there. And can, I'm sure, find more of you on AV Nation. 
And last but not least, uh, Rich Fergosa, how can people get in touch with you uh, or know more about Fergosa Design? Uh, you can find me on the interwebs at uh, on Twitter at rfergosa. Uh, social media, type in my name, I invariably pop up. Uh, but uh, also uh, our website, fergosadesign.com. But first and foremost, obviously, please find us here at avnation.tv with my good friend Steve, either on uh, State of Control or with a uh, a variety of our other shows. So sure, we'll see you on Resi Week or AV Week and uh, see you actually probably uh, in a couple of months over at Cedia when we do our Cedia special. Very cool. Uh, well, thanks for that. And, and while you're at the uh, the, the website, uh, avnation.tv, please check out the underwriters or the supporters, let's call them, that make these show possible as well as the other shows. There's many monthly and weekly shows that we encourage you to check out. Um, you can reach me, Steve Greenblatt, um, on social media simply by looking up Steve Greenblatt, or you can go to controlconcepts.net, my company, and you can learn more about me there. Uh, but we would like to hear more about, from you, so please reach out to us, and, and uh, we, we want to make this show uh, cater to our audience and, and cover the topics that the audience uh, in the industry are, are looking for. So please leave us a comment, provide some feedback, and, and uh, just let us know that you're listening. We'd like to hear from you. That'll do it for today for A State of Control.